0: Go with D. I feel like Halo on the Miami Heat. The words I speak off this sheet are like a 3 P. don't just hop on a track. I bring running cleats. I'm a player for real, more than an athlete. Let like my mama tell it. Could have ran for the Senate. Instead, I penned it for Donovan Bennett. I'm cemented. This a deep dive. In your headphones of a long drive. Up close and personal, just like you side. They ain't no out of bounds here. No offsides. We going live in one, two, three, four, five. You are now tuned in to Going Deep with Donovan Bennett right it is the going deep podcast thank you for listening and we often are talking about who you draft and why and how and how you make those decisions and listen if you're the cleveland cavaliers and lebron james is in the draft the decision is quite simple you can't turn in that card fast enough but otherwise so much data so much tech now in to the process and specifically with the raptors and how they're looking at draft analytics they're done a partnership that's powered by aws for those who don't know that's amazon and their cloud technology that's providing them insights that enhances their draft preparation but also their decision making and introducing some real rich data and tools into their process what does that look like well as technology evolves it evolves also It gives them some in-house metrics, some draft models, some evaluation tools, and I'd assume confidence in their decisions and the backing and rationale around their decisions that they can test over time that will, over time, provide value to the franchise and then maybe have an application based off of those learnings to other sports that the analysis is not just on NBA. It's about better identifying prospects at all levels, in the G League, in the NBA, in the MLS or the NHL or the CFL, or identifying prospects who might be good employees. All of this is somewhat obvious. Yeah, you are going to use data and the technology that we have at this point to help you make better decisions, but how you do it in the process around doing it and what the application of it could be overwhelming so the job of our next guest is to make it simple so that people actually want to use it specifically in sports and that's actually what i want to learn from Humza the the chief technical and digital officer at MLSE, who's working hand in hand and with the raptors specifically the front office and Messiah Jury and Bobby Webster and Keith Boyarski, the VP of basketball strategy and research. So I was hoping to get some intel on what are the actual problems that tech and data can solve for a sports organization, for a basketball team, for a decision maker. What problems can too much data create and As we continue to create in this space, because it isn't one that's just binary, that is just inputting numbers and formulas. It is one that takes great creativity to find great innovation. Where might this be going in the future? Where are these organizations, Gretzky style, skating to where the puck's going to be, not where it is? And, Gretzky style, can we track where the puck is? He's going to be, and not where it is, with some machine learning and some AI. So we learn all about the explosion of tech, sports specifically, in this country, with the MLSC sports teams on deep. So first and foremost, thank you for educating a novice like me. And from the outside, looking in, when we look at sports and technology, there are real solutions you're looking to find to help the franchise the team compete at a higher level so specifically we're looking to draft players and there's a bunch of data how do we synthesize that data to impact our choices that's how i view it from the outside but is there some nuance a secret sauce that i'm missing to, to the application of uh, data around the draft
1: yeah, there's, there's just a lot of information, right, Donovan? There's this, When you look at where we are in the world, in any industry in the world today, every organization, whether you're in media or communications or sports or anything else, every organization is sitting on tons and tons of information and tons of, of data. And the trick has always been how do you get the insights out of that data to be able to make better decisions. So when you look at a, a retail company, they're trying to do the same thing from a product selection perspective to make sure they get consumers what they want and from a sports perspective you know we leverage some of those same um, principles to figure out you know in the in the world of all of the athletes that are out there who's the right one for us whether they're in the draft or whether they're an undrafted player so you know the opportunity for us was to really look at what information do we have what information exists out there um from a from a basketball perspective in the case of the raptors from a global and international perspective and then being able to actually consume all of those things in a technologically advanced way leveraging all the buzzwordy things that you know most people i think that are listening to this would have heard this past year especially artificial intelligence and machine learning and generative ai and all those things but the beauty of those things is like they're here they work it's a matter of how you use them so for us think of it in a way that, that we have we have millions of data points. And the question for us is like, how do you bring all of those data points together to be able to produce the right level of information? But the information is about the decisions that the team is trying to make. And so we work very closely with the Raptors front office in this case where they have the insight and the strategy. And then our goal is to actually come in with the the data to be able to help with that decision making. And there's some really interesting advanced things that we do uh, around the data and how we use it and the speed of it, different simulations that we can run. And those are all things that, you know, we've invested in as an organization, both from an MLSE standpoint, um, from an ownership standpoint, but also equally with the Raptors. And I would just lastly say, you know, there's teams have been doing this for a long time, you know, baseball and analytics and moneyball and baseball you know has been talked about for decades. and uh, all other teams and sports have been doing it. But I think in the last five years, um you've seen it go up in order of magnitude. And when you get it right, as you know, it pays dividends, right? When you land on draft prospects, undrafted players that come in and and really do incredible things, uh, you know that there's some elements of that that are that are working.
0: How much of this is something that you can build in-house internally, and how much of it is something that you'll, outsource or, or partner with someone like AWS to help you with?
1: Yeah, so I joined Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment about five years ago, um, and I've been in the tech and digital ecosystem for over 20 years. Um, and when I came here, we we really had an opportunity to build technological capabilities for Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. Um, one is a business for our fans, just really structured around uh, fan experience. And then the other one was really working with our teams on performance technology. So over the course of the five years, we've built um, what I what I still think is the largest um, digital organization in, in pro sports in the world. And, and what we are is a full stack tech company that sits inside Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. And a lot of the things that we built for MLSE are intellectual property for either MLSE or for our teams. Um, and in the orders of magnitude of other market tech companies, we're not massive, right? But in the grand scheme of sports, uh, we are a pretty unique entity where we could take ideas, collaborate with with the business of of sports, but also our teams, players, coaches, etc., and being be able to actually produce things. So we've been doing that steady state for five years. Um, what we did a couple of years ago in our partnership with AWS was really to to sign a partnership deal with a cloud provider. And we were doing a lot of our compute uh, prior to our 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 deal with AWS in, in a lot of different places. And so with AWS in, back in uh, 2022, we announced that we're going to actually enter into this collaborative partnership where we're going to start to build all of our products on the AWS cloud. And we're going to use our advanced AI, machine learning, and, and deep learning cloud services and to be able to really do those things as a partnership opportunity, we then created a program called SportsX. And SportsX, similar to the strategy we had on the digital side with Maple Leaf Sports and all of our teams was really to take that up even to the next level. So SportsX became really a a platform for Amazon uh, to come together with Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment along with um, representatives from all of our teams and our business, obviously, to be able to come up with ideas here in Toronto that we think are going to be um, really, really impactful to us as an organization, but equally could sh- could help to shape the industry. And it comes with funding through our partner. So it's a funded program. And so imagine if you and I were sitting here in the next 10 minutes, we come up with an incredible idea you know, we'd be able to actually take that idea and pitch it to a governance committee that, ex- that exists for SportsX. And then th- there would be a handful of projects that are picked every year. And real money is put behind those projects to be able to create new things. And so we, we've had a host of different um, initiatives that that have come out. Um, I'll give you one on our business side. I'm going to cross over into hockey a little bit. You know, we created a platform called NHL Extended Um uh, reality stats overlay and what that is, it's uh, augmented reality that exists over a live um, NHL game. So we did this pilot uh, last year in the season, you put on virtual reality glasses, you sit in our, in one of our, in our demo suite. And as you're watching hockey, you can actually see um, names of players, how fast they're skating, you know, time and how, how, how long they've been in a particular possession or, or, uh, or zone, how many face-offs they've won. So, so if you're sitting there as an advanced Um, sports fan, you get all that information without looking at a second screen. And you could think about utilization of that technology in the future. You know, Apple's launching their their glasses soon. The second or third generation of that, they're probably going to look like regular glasses. And as the technology gets better and better, you can imagine sitting in a hockey game, getting all this information while you just go about your business being a sports fan. In the case that you're a new fan, imagine watching a, a, a hockey game as a new fan and being able to see all this really incredible information that you wouldn't otherwise. So that's a that's a, a SportsX project that was pitched, approved, funded, created between us, um, MLSE and MLSE Digital Labs, along with um, AWS, and then actually brought into reality and, and actually brought into our venue in Toronto, which is pretty incredible. Um, and then the other two are really around where you started, Donovan, which is Uh, basketball. Um, So one around Raptors player insights. And it's really a platform that takes rich data, tools, and provides the ability to quickly and accurately process important in-house metrics that our team can then evaluate. And those are either visual summaries, analysis, and reports. So if somebody has a question about, do we think this is a good idea? You know, you now have a whole other level of information. The data alone, the data on its own really is not the thing it's the combination of the data and the strategy you know and a lot of those things we don't talk about in any more detail than that but there's some consequential things that might happen based on the decision making um and the other one which we're going to be doing uh is body pose insight so you know sensor data in sports has exploded in the last five years um it went from computer vision based data where you know uh you could have a um, analytics of data streaming off of the ice, uh, whereas where is a player, how fast are they going, where's the puck, that's all done through computer vision. And then body pose insights is really the, the skeletal pose of a player. So you could imagine, you could look at how uh, Pascal is taking a shot and understand the bo- body pose dynamics, and while that, that may not seem like a massive thing, It helps from a couple of angles. One is just around like opportunities to improve how you're taking a jump shot, uh, how you might be driving, and then injury prevention, which is massive in sports, especially when it comes down to the playoffs. How do you keep players healthy? So we've now taken new capabilities that the NBA's um, provided access to around body pose data, and we're going to be creating a whole other set of information and analytics around it. And we think that, you know, that sort of information will proliferate through sports in other leagues. We don't know that for sure, but we think that that's probably where things are headed um, globally. And so it gives us really this opportunity to get ahead of the curve on technological advancements that can aid in scouting, coaching, you know, how players are playing, and ultimately keeping our players healthy to have greater chances to win more championships for our city.
0: I love that you mentioned the funding of it, because as you talk about all of this, I can't help but think that it sounds expensive. In terms of building a business case, and showing where the return investment will be, where the margins are, how strategic do you have to be in terms of showing exactly, this is how it makes a tangible difference uh, to invest at the level where we're able to do all these great things?
1: Yeah, I I would shout out really here our partnership with Amazon and AWS. So Amazon has a partnership with uh, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment at large um, across the organization. And and when we were through our global partnerships team and our technology teams, our digital labs organization, as we were speaking to them about, you know, what would a partnership look like that's really different, especially here in Toronto, right? We have diverse talent. We have all of these different pro teams. We've got incredible talent, like actual technical talent here in the city, right? And some of the biggest technology technology companies that exist also. So, what could we do that would be really different versus, you know, conventional advertisement? What else could we do beyond that? Because obviously, that's also important from a partnership perspective. And really, we we came up with this program called SportsX, <laughs> and we said, what if we could come up with ideas? It's very similar to, um, you know, what what AWS has done with Formula One. And if if you're an F1 fan, I'm an F1 I'm a massive. F1 fan for many, many years. But what F1 has done in conjunction with Amazon uh, has been um, really well promoted, I think, in terms of analytics and data and bringing fans closer to the action. So we really took a page out of Formula One and said, what could we do that's similar across the NBA, across the NHL, across you know Major League Soccer, uh, and across the business of sports of MLSC for our fans in the city? And that's where the idea came from. And so it really got the partnership got locked up in that concept. And then, you know, we're big fans of having our strategy drive our structure. If the strategy's right, then we should figure out a way that makes sense for both parties. And through those discussions, you know, and the leadership of, of AWS globally, uh, we came up with this concept. And uh, it really underpins a big part of our partnership. And, uh, you know, off we go. So we're, we're in our second year now. And We've done an incredible amount of things in the first year and i think the program will get better and better and better but yeah the economics are 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 based on the overall deal the output i think will be judged you know project by project by project so as i talk about you know body pose insights and uh, nhl extended reality stats overlay and raptors player insight i think we're going to come up on half of the things we do in here are going to be incredible you know is probably maybe going to be another half of it that's that in in the 50 percent left that that we, that's going to need a little bit more work and some of it's going to be purely experimental that's going to lead to the next thing but we are going to be very output driven on uh you know what we pick and how we f- how we fund some of that uh in conjunction with amazon
0: you talked about the diversity in opportunity uh with the portfolio under mlsc uh, but th- there is a difference in sports whether it's culturally or practically how is what you do and the application of it different across sport? And on the flip side, are there opportunities for shared learning uh, between uh, the different sport and what's going on uh, tech-wise and analytics-wise?
1: Yeah, from a from a sharing standpoint, I think we have we have lots of opportunity, and I think that's some of the things that we look at across MLSC. You know, MLSC holding um, the opportunity with all of our teams to collaborate. We've done that a lot in the last five years, especially from a technology and digital perspective, because you know some I think some of our, our our best lessons come from areas that we're not necessarily looking for. And I could say that about the business side as well. We often collaborate with lots of other teams, you know, whether it's NBA teams, NHL teams, we're very teams are very collegial actually to contribute non-competitive business based best practices. Um, so I think that that actually helps quite a bit because you get to look at one thing here and maybe it's something in professional soccer that we're looking at that might help in hockey or might help in basketball. And this actually makes it a lot easier for uh, one of those one of those examples to be used in other sports. Um, and you f- remind me back of your first question, Donovan?
0: Well, just the differences in terms of uh, what you might be doing uh, across uh, sport or, or how you are coming up with ideas or applying those ideas and those learnings across sports.
1: Yeah. So the the ideas really come from our stakeholders. Um, you know, if anybody listening to the podcast wants to check this out, our our website you know is is live and you can see it. It's been up for quite some time. Uh, sportsx.com. And uh, you know, we have a governance committee. We've got um, pr- personnel that are on this on this um, initiative from each of our teams. And then we've got people across our business as well. And we've got people from obviously AWS in the US and Canada and other places. So the ideas really do come from the guts of MLSE, the Raptors, Leafs, TFC, other obviously Argos, um, could be our live music business. And they really do then get generated from a conversational perspective. If somebody comes up with an idea, they pitch it, they flush out their idea. The governance committee and the funding committee has an opportunity to then ask questions. We think about what the business case might be. We think about what the benefits might be. And if a group of people agree that it's it, it's got a great opportunity to succeed, then it gets funded and then it gets greenlit for uh, technological advancement.
0: So it's sport X, certainly you're, you're the focus on sports, but MLSC is obviously not just sports. When you look at the entire business, it's a real estate company. It's an entertainment company, obviously with the E, with the amount of concerts that are going on and conventions. You know, there's a food and beverage side of the business. Are there you know real opportunities and learnings and applications to those sides of the business in the same way there are the sports side?
1: Yeah. And I'll just do a quick correction on the URL SportsX.io is where you want to go if you want to check out the, uh, the site. Um, but you're absolutely right. The business of sports is, is as active in, in sports X as, as our teams. So when you look at fan experience of how do you, you know, what are we doing in Toronto around getting fans into this building, you know, when it's freezing outside, right? How do you expedite security lines? Uh, how do you do more touchless retail when you get in here, so you can enjoy more of the game? What about a concert experience and merch lines when, you know, when Taylor Swift comes here to, you know, Rogers Center as an example, um, not one of our um, uh, uh, venues, but equally when we've had you know, big name artists come to uh, come to Toronto, you know, I'll pick Drake as an example. We've got merch lines that are just like crazy because merch comes in very quickly. We don't have an opportunity to organize around it too much. And it's sort of in the moment. And then everybody wants it. There's a giant lineup. How do we actually make that buying experience a lot cleaner, better, faster um, and more effective for our fans? So all of those things are fair game. We're going to be doing some incredible things. There'll be be some announcements, um, you know, at the start of our season, which we always do just around what's new. Uh, going into the Raptors and leaf season, especially, and so look out for some really exciting examples. Some of it would have come from um, some thesis that we had in in Sports and some other partnerships we've got with AWS. And there'll be some tangible things available to fans as you come in for the start of Re- Leafs and Raptor seasons in uh, in Scotiabank Arena.
0: You're talking about the near future. I want to know about the long-term future because I know you know part of your job is to wake up every day not just thinking about what's going on in the business in the next you know fiscal year but you know the future of it where do you see you know this going in terms of the opportunities and in ways that uh the data can help and and not hurt and, and really cripple decision making
1: yeah i think that's a really i mean that's a really great question in general for sports i think um there's a lot of opportunities internationally you look at the nba as an example um and even if, as you look at the NHL, even, if, even as you look at, you know, Messi coming into MLS, I mean, the, the international fan base is massive. And I know all teams and all leagues are working on opportunities to to get into more international audience and eyeballs to, to look at where our fans are. And when you look at the Raptors, we have a very international fan base. So finding ways to digitally interact with, with those fans, I think, continues to be a priority of ours. Uh, the future, I think, of sports when you look at augmented reality, virtual reality, mixed reality, I think is going to be incredible. We have some projects in the pipeline that uh, I wish I could tell you more about right now, but what I've seen are are really incredible concepts where you could be watching a game in in, in different ways. You know, think hologram, um, think different ways where you could interact with a game um we obviously are, are broadcasters are, are our owners uh through bell and rogers uh tsn and, and sportsnet um and so obviously we, we work very closely with with them on even technological concepts that we're working on but the way you're going to be watching the game the way you're going to be interacting with the game the interactivity inside the game is going to be continually getting better and better i'm really excited for those components I think on the fan side of thing, it's going to continue to drive new new ways of interaction, both you know watching the game conventionally, but also um, using different elements of digital on your phone or in other devices that we've talked about. And then I think on the data side of thing, for for uh, for the way teams operate, there's going to be a, a continual amount of data that's made available to teams in the next two, three, four years. It's going to give you new insights and new ways to interact with with those teams. And between those two, I think there's going to be some incredible ways to um, continue to express your fandom, but also get closer to the game, right, than you've ever been before.
0: And lastly, you know, as much as I'm fascinated about the role, you know, I think it would be fitting to finish the conversation uh, just to touch in on you and your representation and your pathway. You know, we're around the same age. I don't want to age you too much, but, uh, you know, coming. Out of Scarborough and, and Malvern, and I remember as a kid, you know, sitting, you know, arguing about sports and cut creator, you know, the <laughs> going to, uh, you know, a professional sports organization, it was somewhat binary. You're either going to be a player, you know, maybe a coach, maybe once the Raptors got here, a broadcaster but never envisioned, you know, potentially, um, if I paid more attention to math and science, uh, you could get to a sports organization that way. Um, As a lover of sport, you know, what was your journey uh, like, and and how did you, you know, find a way to provide the great representation that you are?
1: Yeah, look, representation matters a lot. Um, It matters in everything in life. And, uh, you know, I, I think when I was growing up, when I looked around sports, I only saw the opportunity to be in sports as a player. Unfortunately, my, it was my jump shot or my height, but you know, I, I think I had a small window to make it. Um, but anyway, that's a different story. Uh, and while I didn't make it in, in the conventional sense, I think having the opportunity um, to do what I do in sports really didn't come up as a calculated thing. I got a call one day. I was uh, uh, I built another digital company for Compass Group North America, which is a very large hospitality um, and food service company, uh, I, I was CEO running that company. And um, and then I got a call from Maple Leaf Sports saying, you know, we, we we wanna do something similar, but in sports. And it was an incredible opportunity for me to take a sharp right turn and, and do this thing in Toronto, where I grew up, especially around, I love all sports, but I grew up playing basketball. You know, that's my first love um, in terms of sports. And and it was an incredible opportunity to come here and, and build um, you know, a really diverse organization and build new capabilities in sports that really hadn't been done before in the way that we've done it and we're really proud of that in Toronto and we're proud of the impact we've had not only on the on the operating parts of our business but also from a team perspective. So, I think the message is just, you know, just because something doesn't exist doesn't mean that you can't do it. And your ideas are great ideas. I would say that to everybody. Every every idea is a great idea. It's just a matter of, you know, how do you actually express that idea into reality given all the the dynamics of decision making and how it's made. Um, I think in a lot of ways we, we blaze the trail in terms of technology uh, and innovation. Our group, MLSC Digital Labs, is, is well known now across the NBA and the NHL and Major League Soccer and uh, you know, CFL and our, our business in general. Um, but I would go always go back to it's not me that did that. Yeah, I built a concept and a framework and had had the opportunity from our ownership group and our, our leadership here to to actually put that into reality. Um, but it's the people that have come through and worked in this organization and built incredible products and, you know, kind of shown the talent into sports. And I think that's created a ton of examples that hopefully should serve for other people to look at and now be able to say, you know, if I'm in content, if I'm in technology, if I'm in software development, if I'm in engineering, um, if I'm in advanced analytics or math, I could be on a championship team. I could have a championship ring, you know, like that's kind of unbelievable, uh, to have those sorts of experiences. So I think we've done a lot here in the last five years. I'm really proud of it. Uh, I'm immensely proud of the, of the, of the men and women and the people in, in, in my organization and in this organization that, you know, bring the best ideas to life around a really incredible industry of sports and then have the ability to every season, you know, see how it plays out there's been some really special moments along the way. So uh, uh, I, I think just finally representation matters, you know, be the best version of yourself, have confidence, go out and express your ideas. Um, just takes that one person and listen to it and go, hmm, maybe we should try that.
0: Well, as you know, there's, uh, can be a blind spot in tech because uh, not everyone is represented in the incubator of ideas. Uh, so glad that uh, you know, you're know you helping to change that in the industry and uh, so glad you're helping to change the way we think about uh, what we do and how we do it and the decisions that we make based off of the data that is available. Looking forward to uh, what you're doing in, in the short term, but also some of the fun announcements that sounds like are coming down the pipeline. Appreciate you.
1: Thanks a lot. Um, thank you for having me.
0: Thanks so much to Hamza. Give him a follow if that type of thing is interesting to you. At MLSC Digital is the handle. Also, you can go to MLScdigital.com. But the website specifically that he was talking about in terms of the R&D that is going into the tech applications at MLSC and their digital labs alongside their partnership with AWS is sportsx.io. So throw that into any browser. You'll be able to follow along in real time what they're doing and what the collective is up to at any given moment. One of the areas where we see the greatest relationship between tech and Silicon Valley in sports is social media. No other area has the explosion of sports consumption been seen more is on social, and specifically on TikTok. We've all seen the book talk craze of the Seattle Kraken, and throughout this World Cup, we've seen a real craze of content consumed and created on TikTok. Canadians may have seen Emmy Rain Curtis at It's Rain creating content. There are 16 creators worldwide who have taken advantage of the opportunity to tell behind-the-scenes stories in real life or as the kids would say, RRL, about their communities and the beautiful game that is soccer as we see it expressed at the Women's World Cup. You know, when you look at the hashtags of hashtag FIFA World Cup, hashtag FIFA Women's World Cup, hashtag FIFA WWC, they garnered a combined 38.2 billion views on the platform before a ball was kicked. And that's not even talking about the 1. million followers who are already falling at FIFA Women's World Cup on TikTok. And so I wanted to learn about the real partnership between FIFA and TikTok and the access that has been given to the platform throughout the tournament and maybe where partnerships like this between a social media platform and a live event and sports organization could go in the future? Is there more than behind-the-scenes content and live pre-match content and in-match highlights and player and coach reactions? Could we see a tournament in the future be broadcast exclusively on social? Well, one of the people who probably has insight on where things are going and why things are the way they are right now is Adam Burchill. He's the head of sports and gaming North America for TikTok and so brought him on to talk about the collaboration agreement between the platform and FIFA and we've seen a record amount of people in stadium watching on TV. Have we seen that same amount consuming throughout the tournament? Let's talk to Adam and find out. So Adam, there was lots of excitement around the tournament specifically seen on TikTok, as on TikTok as we led up to uh you know balls being kicked but now that we're in to the tournament in its height give us a little bit of the scorecard what have we seen online in terms of the consumption and engagement
2: it's uh it's been pretty exciting i will say you know i think just generally as a platform we're always looking for ways to innovate and bring value to the community and so uh a collaboration with fifa around the around the women's world cup was was really a no-brainer and you know we've we've got a lot of elements that are that are a part of that that collaboration and so you know as we work with fifa we're seeing content that's tailored, you know, for the platform made specifically for TikTok. So we're seeing a lot of match highlights and uh, player reactions and things like that. But I I think even beyond that, what we're seeing is an added layer of perspective, which is which for me is even just as a viewer is really fun. So uh, we have a lot of aspiring creators that are that are covering the tournament from their perspectives, a lot of human interest stories that are bubbling up. And so I think between our collaboration officially with FIFA and just with the communities building on their own, uh, I think the the content that we're seeing is really exciting. There's all sorts of different perspectives and content types, and the engagement is through the roof. It's been it's been really fun to watch.
0: So you know, one of the things I tell young kids when I talk to them who want to get into the industry is you don't have to do it like I did with a you know linear platform. You could go direct to consumer with You know, an app like TikTok, what are you seeing in terms of creators being able to leverage the fact that you have a partnership with FIFA to really grow their own brands?
2: Well, I mean, you know, you're certainly right. Uh, I think the way we're seeing a lot of aspiring uh, broadcasters and sports creators, sportscasters on the platform. uh, Honestly, I think a lot of the tools that the platform provides for people to create has added uh, a lot of opportunity, you know, not to get overly technical, but we see people using features like green screen and things like that. So I think that you're seeing creators uh, without you know the use of massive content studios or broadcast studios be able to make content that looks sharp uh and also allows them to cover the stories that they want to cover you know so i saw an aspiring sports creator as an example uh post a story about i believe it was one of the nigerian players who also happens to be in cancer research uh and you know is a medical biologist and it just it, it was one of those stories that if it wasn't for tiktok and it wasn't for that aspiring creator i actually wouldn't have known that and so uh i I think as I say I think creativity is being uh is bubbling up to the top with some of the tools that we have uh, and I just think uh access to audience is something that uh that I think is helping them and and certainly again as a viewer just as a fan is certainly helping me enjoy the tournament in a different way.
0: So we've seen teams have formal partnerships uh with the platform like the Maple Leafs we've seen teams like the Kraken use the organic uh, you know, excitement of something like Talk to grow their following. And now we see a league and uh, in, in a sports organization like FIFA partner uh, with the brand. Where do you think it goes in the future? What do you think the next iteration of it? Could we, could we see an entire tournament broadcast uh, on a platform like TikTok?
2: i mean i don't want to speculate on the specifics but i can tell you that i'm excited about it you know we're motivated we think about it every day you know where can we take the sports industry uh how do we provide value to sports fans so i i you know to be honest with you there's there's some things that we're thinking about but i i think the sky's the limit for us i'm really excited about as as sort of in the vein of your last question the opportunity that the community has to participate in a new way so you know you know obviously i think from a technology standpoint the way that people view the games themselves is is one thing i think the ability that platforms like tiktok bring creators to find audiences to share their perspectives i think that's going to have a tremendous impact on sports and i'm excited about that i keep saying excited but it's it's pretty wild to watch from from this side i will tell you and uh just seeing the opportunity even with our fifa collaboration as example like we're sending creators from 16 global markets to the tournament you know like just providing that access to see what the creators can come up with, to make sure that their voices are on the platform. We're gonna continue to lean into that because you know, I really do think our success is rooted in community and providing opportunity to the community, especially for something as important as women's sport, is just something we're gonna continue to push on.
0: Maybe it's my nature as a sports journalist, but always trying to evaluate in terms of who won this trade, like who who gets the most out of this side. And when you look at this partnership and this collaboration between uh, TikTok and FIFA, You know, it's a platform that people run to when they want to express things already. And it's a tournament that a lot of people care about. Naturally, there's going to be a lot of content on TikTok about the FIFA Women's World Cup anyways. What is the value assessment on the return on investment on both sides in having a formal partnership that you're getting if you wouldn't just have uh, organic coverage on TikTok?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. You know, I think... More anecdotally, the return on investment is ensuring that we're providing our community of fans things that they're interested in, access to information, access to highlights. So I think in working with FIFA, you know, from our perspective, the return on investment is, okay. do we see value being provided to the community, being provided to the sports fan? The answer, again, just looking at the viewership has been a resounding Yes. Uh, and, And I think to the spirit of your last question, we continue to think about how we can elevate that. So I go back to my point about sending creators. It's not just about, let's have some highlights on the platform and call it a day. It's okay, what makes the platform special? And how do we provide those elements that are special with greater opportunity? So I think from an ROI perspective, we're seeing the engagement, we're seeing the viewership, like we're talking in the billions of views on this tournament alone. And, you know, again, I go back to our investment in women's sport. It's something we want to continue to lean into. So uh, I think anecdotally, you know, we're, we're seeing positive ROI for everybody.
0: Well, as you know, uh, the tenor of much conversation on social right now, uh, sadly, the Adjective often uses not excitement, but with the positive vibes that we've seen from this tournament, uh, specifically on TikTok, it's been a real fun watch, and I'm excited to see where you take it next. So congrats, and thank you.
2: Oh, thanks. and thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I uh, would love to chat with you further. So uh, anytime you want to have a chat, you know where to find me.
0: Thanks so much to Adam for joining. And again, if you're on TikTok, the hashtags are hashtag FIFA World Cup, hashtag FIFA Women's World Cup. Hashtag FIFA WWC. And if you just want to keep it simple, follow at FIFA Women's World Cup and create your own content. It is one way, especially when the games are late and early, you can have a relationship with the tournament nonstop throughout the day, even though our women's national team, sadly, is no longer in it. We'll continue to cover the nexus of sport and tech and Women's sports, specifically in soccer, on this podcast. So, thank you for listening. Stay tuned to the space. Talk. Soon.